0: into the word. God, thanks for today. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for all of your your grace and your kindness and your compassion in our lives today, God. We're just so thankful. We're so thankful for you and for who you are. And we, we lay our lives before you, even like the song says today, God, we lay our lives down before you. And we say, have your way. Would you speak to my heart today? Would you speak to our hearts today? Would you just tell them that, Lord? Say, Lord, speak to my heart to our hearts Lord. we open up our hearts to you today in Jesus name amen. Amen. amen amen well the title of today's message is what are you waiting for what are you waiting for We've been in a series for the last couple of weeks on the Holy Spirit coming out of, uh, we're taking kind of a break in the middle of Galatians. We've been talking about, we've been walking through the book of Galatians. And this week we're continuing our series on the Holy Spirit. You know, we have a, a prayer here at the Vineyard that we pray that's very specific where we say, come Holy Spirit we invite the Holy Spirit. We say, come Holy Spirit. And as we pray it, we know that it's not that the Spirit of God is not here already. It's not that we're saying that God's not omnipresent and now when we invite him, God actually shows up. But before that, he wasn't here. That's not what we're saying. In the vineyard, when we pray, come Holy Spirit, what we're saying is, God, we want you in every manifestation that you want to visit us. We open up our hearts to you, Holy Spirit, in any manifestation, any way that you would like to come and visit and move. And we are welcome to the move of God in this room. That's what we're saying when we say, come Holy Spirit. We're saying, God, we're welcoming, we're open to your move here in this place. And so today I just say, come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. So in our series, we've been talking about how Jesus... This series continues from the day of Pentecost, from Pentecost Sunday, and that follows right on the heels of Jesus. He's crucified, he's buried, he rises from the dead, and that's Easter and Passover, right? Did you see up on the on, up on the screen in the middle of the video? I don't know if you saw the hard boiled egg and kind of the the parsley and all. Did you see that plate that was set? We as we as uh, with in children's ministry at VBS, we took a seder meal together in synagogue school, and we did that to remember the Passover. And the Passover we talked about with the kids was to remember, uh, to remember God as Savior. Passover is to remember how God saved us out of Egypt. And so that was Easter and Passover week. uh, When Jesus dies, he he rises from the dead. And then for, for 40 days, he's visiting with his followers He's moving in and out from among them, the Bible says. He visits them here. He visits them there. He comes and goes from the room here. He joins them on the road there. He finds them on the beach here. He's cooking fish here. He talks to Peter there. And what we see is he's tying up a lot of loose ends. They don't know that. They think, oh, he's back, sweet. And he knows he's tying up loose ends because soon he's leaving. He's leaving. And he projects this several times as he speaks to them But he's letting them know, even though he's leaving, he's not abandoning them. He leaves them, but he does not abandon them. Because when he goes, the Holy Spirit will come and be with them. And it will never leave. Just before he ascends to heaven, Jesus says, wait. Wait in Jerusalem. Everybody say "Wait." wait. Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem for the gift I'm sending you. Wait in Jerusalem for the gift I'm sending you, and then pew, he's gone. Wouldn't that be crazy? You're all standing there with Jesus one minute, and he's like, hey, guys, just go ahead and wait in Jerusalem. I'm going to send you guys a gift. And then he just starts rising out of the midst of you up into the sky, and then it says that he was, they were, he was separated from them by clouds. He goes into the clouds, and he's gone. Wait. 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 How many of you like waiting? I do not like waiting. Kate okay, and I were just talking about this this week. I have a couple of yard projects that are, anybody in the same boat? I have a couple of yard projects going on right now. And every time I get a day off, guess what it's doing outside? And it's like a swampy mess at my house. And it's like, we excavated a bunch of dirt. I got a skiz moved a bunch of dirt. And it's like ready. And I'm like, I've got to put this retaining wall in. And I'm just waiting for a dry day. And it does this kind of stuff. I'm waiting. Don't drive by my house. It looks awful. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a good day. I'm waiting for the time. I'm waiting for, sometimes it feels like with yard projects, for the stars to align. I'm waiting. Jesus says to his disciples, to his friends, he says, wait in Jerusalem. Well, what else would they do? Well, they were supposed to, he already told them, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And in first in, Jude- in Jerusalem, then in Judea, right? Then in Samaria, then to the uttermost parts of the earth. Go preach the gospel. And then he says, wait, go preach the gospel. Wait, go get out of here. Wait, go do a bunch of amazing stuff. Wait, seems a little bit like a disjointed message. See, they were supposed to carry the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. They were supposed to carry what he had done and who he was to the nations. They were supposed to go out from there, but he said, just wait. What were they waiting for? Well, like I said, at VBS, we celebrated a Seder meal together, and we celebrated God is our Savior. So if Jesus is the Savior and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit, who are they waiting? What, what is the Holy Spirit to us? Well, John chapter 14, verse 16 says this. John 14, 16. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Everybody say helper. Yeah. So that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth. So if Jesus is the manifestation of God as our Savior, the Holy Spirit is the manifestation of God as helper. He is our helper. He is the expression of God as helper. Help with what? Everything. (laughs) Help. Help. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 sheds some light on this with a list of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says this, and starting in verse 4, going through verse 11. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministry and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation, say manifestation, The manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit, and to another, the effecting of miracles, and to another, prophecy, and to another, the distinguishing of spirits. And to another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem, and you can see I have bolded the gifts on there. i bolded them in there. You can see I I bolded them so we could just easily reference them as we talk today. But these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So he's sending the Holy Spirit to them, and the Holy Spirit comes with gifts, specific gifts. The gifts are given to the people of God to advance the kingdom of God in the world and to accompany the ministry of the gospel in the nations. Mark chapter 6 says that the gospel was confirmed with signs and wonders. So later in Mark, when when the disciples went out and preached the gospel everywhere, the Bible says their observation was that the gospel, the truth of Jesus that they were preaching, was confirmed to the people that they preached to with miracles. So they'd preach and they'd perform miracles. They'd preach and people would get healed. They'd preach and people would uh, get delivered from demons. They would preach and spirits would leave people. They would preach and there would be a prophetic word. They would preach. That's how it was supposed to go. Can I say, that's how it is supposed to go. We preach the gospel and the work of the gospel is accompanied by the work of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of God to a city, to a family, To a child, to a parent, to a couple, to a nation. The gospel is to be accompanied by the working of the Holy Spirit through us. In the vineyard, we describe this breaking in of the kingdom of God as both now and not yet. You heard us talk about that? In the vineyard, we say it's both now and not yet. The kingdom of God, Jesus says, it's here and it's coming. When Jesus was on the earth, he said, the kingdom of God is here, and it's coming. It's on its way. It's both now and it's not yet. We see that there are times, there are moments where there's the breaking in of the kingdom of God right into someone's situation. On Thursday here at VBS, we saw the breaking in of the kingdom of God as six kids gave their lives to Jesus Christ. That's the breaking in of the kingdom of God. That's the now and the not yet. The kingdom is both now and not yet. Can I share an observation with you? I think too often we use this phrase, now and not yet, mostly to explain more of the not yet stuff than the now stuff. You know, the lack of miracles and the lack of the movement of the Holy Spirit, the lack of healing. So we say, well, it's now and it's not yet, right? It's our explanation. That's fine. We're we're humans, and this this is how we are able to cope with things and deal with things. But I think too often we use this term now and not yet to describe the things that are not yet rather than the now. But I think we're coming to a time and a season when the phrase now and not yet is going to start to apply mostly to the now. I think we maybe you didn't hear me. I think we're moving into a new time and a new season as the body of Christ, as the children of God, where we're going to begin to use the term "now" and "not yet" to describe the kingdom of heaven happening now. Amen. Amen. That's where we're moving to. That's always the goal. The kingdom is both now and not yet, and the only reason for not yet is because this we're, we we don't have our we are not yet with Him in eternity. That will be the not yet complete when we're like Revelation 4 says, when we're before the throne, when we're standing on a sea of glass before the throne, worshiping, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That will be the end. There will be no more not yet. That will all be now. But I think we're moving into a new season as we move uh, uh, into um, a greater revival in the church, where, and listen, I said the church, revival in the church, where as we move into this time of revival, where we're going to see many more things happening as a now, more than a not yet. Every great revival, Revival experience throughout history, including the birth of the vineyard out of the Jesus movement, has been accompanied by a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's time for the now and the not yet to start referring more to the now than just the not yet. This is usually the point in the message where two different camps emerge. <laughs> the first camp is like, uh-oh, it's happening. This guy's talking about crazy stuff. Miracles and tongues and healing and signs and wonders and a lot of other weirdness. And then there's the other camp that's like, finally, this guy's talking about tongues and miracles and words of wisdom and other weirdness, right? Listen, I don't know what camp you are in today, but I can tell you we're the people of God together. And this, brothers and sisters, is where we get to see the wisdom of God. This is where we get to see the wisdom of God. Because in Galatians chapter 5, which is just, we ended in our series just before Pentecost. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul tells us this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Let's read this together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Many of you had this memorized. You didn't even need to read it. You know, this last week in in uh, VBS, we had a, a station called Synagogue School, and we were memorizing. Um, we were memorizing the the five, first five books of the Bible together. That's the Torah, right? So we were talking about the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, and we were discussing how by the time a, a Hebrew boy turned 13, he was to have the Torah memorized, committed to memory, all 613 laws. 613 laws. I can hardly remember the nine fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> There's something about memorizing scripture. There's something about getting scripture down inside of us. There's something um, about uh, putting God's word in our hearts that allows it to escape later when needed. I want to encourage you to do that anytime you can. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Against such things, there is no law. But you say, wait. I thought the gifts of the Spirit were tongues, words of wisdom, healing, miracles, and all that exciting stuff. And I'm saying, yep, those are the gifts of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit, do you hear the difference? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This reminds me of a meme I saw a few weeks back. You can go ahead and put that back up there. I don't know whether to laugh at that or what. Just leave it up there. <laughs> the gifts of the Spirit are exciting. Prophecy is exciting. The wind of God moving, the fire of God visiting, tongues and interpretation of tongues and healing and miracles and signs and wonders. That's really exciting. Do you know what's not that exciting? Waiting for fruit to grow. But often in church, we find ourselves lined up for the exciting and God's waiting for any takers on the waiting. Any takers? Anybody? So often, we're so eager for the gifts of the Spirit that we neglect to pursue or ask for the fruit of the Spirit. Today, I pose that the church is in sore need of both. The church, the body of Christ. When I say the church today, I'm not just talking about Vineyard Boise. I I love Vineyard Boise and I'm preaching to us today and I'm online and here in the room and we're talking together. When I say the church, I'm talking about the big C church, the church here in America, the church in Africa, the church in Japan, the church in Indonesia, the church in Australia, that's the church. And when I'm saying the church needs this, what I'm saying is the church, the body of Christ, all over the world is in desperate need both the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. I think I've told you about our trees at our house before, maybe, maybe not. Speaking of yard projects, <clears throat> a couple years ago we had a spot where we wanted to plant fruit trees. <clears throat> So we got our trees, and we dug our holes, and we did everything. I mean, we did it just like they instructed. I mean, and you know trees are expensive. They're like, they're, you know, made all this investment. We're like, you know, digging the holes, and putting the water, and giving the fertilizer, and, you know, twice as deep, and filled it with fresh stuff and did all these things. And, you know, and, and actually, we live on Apple Street. And so we kind of thought, it'd be great if we just had apples. You know, it'd be, that'd be cool. I, I don't know what our problem is. We're weird. <coughs> This is a good thing. We didn't live like on Tortilla Street or something. Right? <laughs> Actually, that sounds delicious. Burrito Street. Anyways, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Got to get us out of here for lunch. Okay. <clears throat> Where was it? Where was it? Apples. That's what I was talking about. So we planted all these trees. You guys like eight trees or something, and um, <laughs> and we waited like a while. And we waited a while longer, and we waited a while longer, and three seasons in, we got an apple. (laughs) An apple, singular. Last year, I think we got three or four. And then this year, we're ready for the harvest, right, baby? It's like, we're waiting for ten. Yes! Why? Why? (laughs) Why? Because fruit takes time to grow. Fruit takes time. Gifts, no time. That's why we love gifts. That's why we don't give fruit trees on birthdays. You give a real gift, right? You give them a gift. Why? Because they can take it and they can open it. It's immediate. It's awesome. You can tell what my love language is. Gifts are amazing. Gifts are not trees. Gifts are not fruit. Fruit takes time. Energy. Water. Pruning. 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 We have this one tree in our yard that's... um, We didn't plant this. It was planted about 40 years ago, and it's actually a a beautiful plum tree. It's beautiful, and it is massive. Do you know why? It's never been pruned. Do you know how many plums I get off of that every year? I get none because they all drop in my yard, and they're gross. Because you can't reach them. The fruit of that tree is wildly ineffective because it has never been pruned. It's beautiful, and it's out of control, and it's got shade for days. You can't plant grass under it. You can't plant anything under it. So much shade, and, you know, the crows love it. They live there all year, and they eat all the plums, and then they leave. But humans can't get to it. It does me no good because it's never been pruned. I'm going to move off of that because I think you got my point. God in his wisdom sent us the Holy Spirit as our helper, knowing that for his kingdom to break through into the earth, And into the nations, and for the nations to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we would need the supernatural power of the gifts of the Spirit. He also knows that for us to be effective and to have any kind of witness at all to the world, we need to get along with each other and we need the fruit of the Spirit. This is called the wisdom of God. Do you know, actually, there's nine of each. There's nine gifts of the Spirit, and there's nine fruit of the Spirit. I'm not going to connect the dots for you, but I think you can do that yourself. There's nine of each. You say, I don't know, Paul makes a pretty strong push for the gifts of the Spirit, that we would all walk in them. I mean, he says, I desire for you all to prophesy. Just read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and you'll see it. Read it. Loved it. Let me show you something. 1 Corinthians is a letter. Now, I know we don't write letters anymore, many of us. But in a letter, I'm not talking about a note. I'm talking about a letter, like, like your grandma used to write. A letter. I know most of us don't write them anymore, but let me tell you how it works. You write something and then you write the next thing you want to say. And then you write the next thing you want to say out of the thing you just said. Does that make sense? OK. So you, let, me, let me explain it again. You write one thing. And then out of the one thing you wrote, you write the next thing you want to say. And then out of that thing you just said, you write the next thing that you want to say. That's called a letter. 1 Corinthians is the same way. You see, they have context context. If we start with 1 Corinthians 12 and then move into 13, we see that 1 Corinthians 13 comes out of 1 Corinthians 12. Paul's context when he wrote 1 Corinthians 13 was 1 Corinthians... Yep, not a trick question. You got it. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12 is the context for 1 Corinthians 13. In the church, we have a term, a name that we call 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, uh, chapter Thirteen. It's called the love. the love chapter. You guys, you knew it. First Corinthians Thirteen is called the love chapter. Well, the love chapter. The context for the love chapter. He says in in, in that chapter, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud, etc. Chapter Twelve, though, is the context for Chapter Thirteen. It's a letter. When he gets to love as patient, he has already talked about prophecy, healing, gifts of the Spirit. It's the context. All this talk about the gifts of the Spirit and the supernatural stuff is the context that leads to Paul's complete dissertation on love. In fact, he closes chapter 12 with the phrase, let me show you a more excellent way. And he heads right into 13 saying, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am nothing but a loud gong or a clanging cymbal. He goes on to contrast every single really cool gift of the Spirit with something terrible if it's not backed up with the fruit of the Spirit. A clanging gong, a clanging cymbal. All of the coolest gifts without the fruit. And in the end, he says, I have nothing. I am nothing. I gain nothing. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I do not have love. I be- so if I'm speaking in tongues, but I don't have love, I'm just a gong or a symbol. If I if I can prophesy and I know mysteries and words of knowledge and I have all the faith that can move mountains. Do you see the gifts of the spirit in there? But I don't have love. I'm Nothing. If I don't pair the gifts of the Spirit with the fruit of the Spirit, I'm nothing. If I give away everything that I own to charity and I surrender my body that I may glory, but I don't have love, it does me no good. All of the flashy stuff, the gifts of the Spirit, everything that sounds cool that you want from God, if you have those things without the things that are called fruit, you have nothing. We have nothing. Paul ends this short chapter and heads into the next one saying it perfectly, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. He says, follow the, follow the way of love and eager, eagerly, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Look at that. If he begins chapter 14 after talking about the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts. He breaks it down pretty simply in one sentence. Follow the way of the fruit of the Spirit and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. They go together. Both Galatians and Corinthians show the completeness of the work of the Holy Spirit in the church through both the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. Follow the way of love and prophesy and have tongues and all of that. Follow the way of love. You see, we're supposed to eagerly desire the gifts as we follow the way of love. I mean, that walking in step with the Spirit of God, which is the series we're in, as we walk in step with the Spirit of God, walking in the way of love actually leads to a greater manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit in our lives, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our churches, in our cities. You want to see a revival and a great outpouring of supernatural gifts in the the Holy Spirit in our cities? Start with the fruit of the Spirit start with the fruit of the Spirit. Could it be we don't see the gifts of the Spirit at the level we want because we don't have the fruit of the Spirit at the level God desires? In our generation, we're seeing a wholesale rejection of the church. The vehicle of the Holy Spirit, the church. We are the vehicle of the Holy Spirit of God to our generation. And what are we seeing all throughout, everywhere? This isn't just in the U.S. We're seeing this wholesale rejection of church not Jesus, not the gospel, of church. We're seeing as people begin to deconstruct their faith and end up walking out of churches and putting churches behind them. They're not putting Jesus behind them. They're putting us behind them. They see the church that desires the gifts of the Spirit, but they see a church that's lacking the fruit of the Spirit. In Ezekiel chapter 47... And Revelation chapter 22, there's a parallel vision that happens. Just put your finger in it for later. Write them down and read them later. Ezekiel chapter 47, Revelation chapter 22. There's a vision of the river of God and all along the river of God, the Holy Spirit, the river of God. You following with me? All along the river of God, there are trees. And those trees, it says, are producing every month with fruit. It says the fruit is to feed The nations. Do you hear me? The fruit of the trees that grow along the river of God in the city of God is supposed to feed the nations. And those trees also produce leaves for healing. Signs and wonders. I'm all for it, but my fear is that the nations are looking to the tree of the church for food and finding our branches empty. My fear is that the nations of the world are looking to the church of Jesus Christ for food, and they're finding our branches empty of fruit. And when our city looks to the church, it should experience the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Do you hear me? I'm saying and. It's both. Prophecy without love is awful. It's awful. Who cares if we lay hands on the sick if we have no kindness or gentleness? Who cares? Who cares if we get a word of knowledge at the grocery store for the cashier if we're rude? Who cares? You see, the gifts of the Spirit can be active and the fruit of the Spirit can be missing. Who cares if we have tongues and interpretation? if we have no self-control. If we want revival and the move of the Spirit in our day and our time, then we need a wholesale repentance for our lack of love, joy, peace. We need to repent for our lack of peace. What does that mean? He said, well, I, I have peace on your social media, really? Are you somebody that brings peace or stirs stuff up? Do you bring peace? Are you an instrument of his peace? Or do you stir the pot? I'm just going to throw this out there because it's true. <laughs> You've never done that? No, never. Are you an instrument of his peace? Right now, all people see of Christians online is that we jump down to people's throats with self-righteousness, angst, or Whining and complaining. It's a lot right now. We're complaining that our rights are being taken away. Stop it. Do you know whose rights were taken away? Jesus Christ. His rights were stripped and trampled on when he was beaten, when he was betrayed, when he was shackled, when he was drug away, when he was put on trial, spit on, laughed at, nailed to a tree, naked to save humanity. His Rights were taken away, and he said, no one takes them from me. I lay them down. I lay them down. That's how he saved humanity. He saved humanity by giving up his rights. You want revival? Maybe we need a little less advocating for our own rights, and maybe we need a more laying down our lives. Andy Stanley said this recently. He said, you have the freedom to choose whether or not to follow Jesus. But you don't get to choose what following Jesus looks like, sounds like, acts like, or reacts like. Because that's been prescribed to us as Jesus followers. The instructions are on the label. Let's read that again. You have the freedom to choose whether or not you follow Jesus, but you don't get to choose what following Jesus looks like, sounds like, acts like, or reacts like, because that's been prescribed to us as Jesus' followers. The instructions are on the label, Jesus' followers. That's why Pentecost happened weeks after Easter, just weeks after Easter. Why? Because the sacrifice of Jesus, the gift of his grace, was fresh on their minds and hearts in that moment. They hadn't yet escaped the fact that he had just brutally been murdered on a cross for them. They hadn't moved past that. Do you think you can move past that in just a few weeks? They were still right there. And it didn't happen years later. Pentecost happened just days after, just weeks after Jesus sacrificed his life and he was fresh on their hearts and minds. We won't have another Pentecost until we have a fresh revelation of what it looks like to be a Jesus follower. He said, follow me, follow me. And then he led them to a cross. And 50 days later, we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as they waited in Jerusalem with the sacrifice of Jesus fresh on their hearts. As we wrap up today, I just, uh, will you go ahead and put that image up on the screen, that last image? You see, the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit are on the same tree. They go together. Revelation chapter 22, Ezekiel 47, it says that the fruit is for food and the leaves are for healing. Healing, healing. I've heard that word before. Oh yeah, there it is. It's one of the gifts of the spirit, healing. You see, the leaves of the tree are for healing. The fruit of the tree is for food. They go together. As we stand together, we're just going to leave that image up on the screen for another minute. Let's stand up together today. I've been really, just for the last few weeks, my heart has really been stirred by this message that I, that I, would have the fruit of the Spirit growing in my life at the same pace as the gifts of the Spirit are active in my life. Jesus said in Mark chapter one, he said, after me, one or excuse me, uh, John said about Jesus, just before he baptizes Jesus, he says, after me is coming one who's mightier than me, and it will not, I'm not even fit to untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's real. It's for today. The gifts of the Spirit, they're real. They're for today. So is the fruit of the Spirit. Acts chapter 1, we talked about it earlier. Gathering them together, Jesus commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. He said, you heard from me. As John baptized with water, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is real. It's for us today. So are the fruits of the Spirit. And then in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said this. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. I so struck by that this week that lots of people are going to stand before Jesus and say, Jesus, didn't I have the gifts of the Spirit? That's, that's what they're saying here. Didn't I prophesy? Didn't I work miracles? Didn't I, you know, have a word of knowledge over that cashier? Yeah, but I never knew you. I don't know about you, but my heart is convicted. My heart is convicted as I stand here today that maybe the fruit of the Spirit is not as active in my life as the gifts of the Spirit. So today I just want to lead us in a response to Him. You know, on the day of Pentecost, they didn't know they, all they knew was they were waiting for the gift. They, they didn't understand what was about to happen. They didn't know. And I kind of feel like I'm in the same boat today. I don't really know. I just know what the Bible says. And, I, and I'm saying, come Holy Spirit. And when I say come Holy Spirit, I'm not just talking about the wind and the fire. I'm talking about love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit too. I'm talking about both. So today, if that's you, if that's us today, as we as we gather together, can we just repent for any areas where the where the fruit of the spirit maybe is something we've sought out, not sought after as much as we have the gifts of the spirit? Can we just repent? Maybe like me, you just see areas. Man, I don't. I, I struggle with patience. I struggle with joy. I need it growing in my life. I struggle to love those that I don't like. (sighs) Come, Holy Spirit, come. We present our hearts to you, the helper. And we say to you, we need help. We as the church have not been very loving. We've not been bringers of peace, bringers of joy, the least of which self-control. We've been hungry for power, we've been ambitious, we've eat quickly, to de- quick to defend ourselves. Holy Spirit, we ask for love, we ask for joy, we ask for peace, we ask for patience, for kindness, we ask for goodness. We ask for gentleness. We ask for faithfulness. We ask for self-control. Come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, come on your church and rest here on us. That we would be people that bear your name, God. To the nations, empowered by your Holy Spirit. Yes, signs, wonders, healing, miracles, prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Yes, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Yes. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, right where you are, would, would you just repent for anything you need to repent for? I, I don't know what that is I, for you. I Anything that he's just putting his finger on your heart and saying, hey, I, I'm looking for this fruit in your life. may the gifts of the Holy Spirit never outpace the growth of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. He wants to rest on us with the power of His Holy Spirit. Even since Pentecost, I just sense that some of us have been wrestling and just saying, "I, I want, I want, you, Holy Spirit. I want everything you have. I want every manifestation. Just like Pastor Trevor prays, God, we want every manifestation of your Holy Spirit. I believe God is delivering you from the fear of praying that prayer today. I want every manifestation of your Holy Spirit. Because with that comes the growth of the fruit of the Spirit. Would you just pray that before the Lord today, just so you would just say, Come Holy Spirit, I want every manifestation in my life, in my heart. Maybe you just need to call out just before God. What the fruit of the spirit that you just you know you're asking for today in your life. Just you just might need to just say it right where you are. We do ask, God, today for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit on us, your church, so we can be a light to our city. We can be a light to our nation, and we can be a light to the nations of the world. Would you shine through us, God? Come, Holy Spirit, breathe on us. Come, Holy Spirit, however you want to. Would you visit and rest on your church again? Do it again. The things you've done before, would you do them again? In our generation, in our day, in our time, would you do it again? Revival, would you do it again with signs and wonders and miracles and a church that's serving its city selflessly and pouring itself out? Would you do it again through us? We give you permission to do it through us, God. We give you permission, God, to reach our cities through us, God. We give you permission to reach the Treasure Valley through us, God. We give you permission, the Holy Spirit, to come and rest on us with signs and wonders and love and peace and joy and healing and gifts of interpretation and tongues and prophecy and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. We give you permission to reach this valley through us, God. Would you come, Holy Spirit, and rest on us? We need you, God. We need you, helper. We need you. We're desperate. just wait on you, God. We wait on you, God, today. We just ask that you would come, God, with your Holy Spirit. Today, if, if God's stirring in you, I wanna encourage you not to rush out of this moment. We're, we're gonna be done, we're gonna dismiss, but you know, when we say, God bless you, you're dismissed, you don't have to leave. You can keep meeting with God because he's here in this place. And he's speaking to our hearts and he's doing a work in our hearts. And he brought you here this morning to work in your heart. He brought me here this morning to do work in my heart and in my life. So we're just gonna leave some music on if, you're dismissed. If you need to go, it's totally just, you're, that's totally understandable. But if if you know that God is doing a work in you and you just need to press in and wait on him, I want to just invite you to do that this morning. The altar is open. The sanctuary is open. We're just going to bring that music up and just continue to meet with God. God bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine on you and give you peace this week as you go make the invisible God visible. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org and if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.